Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Ade, and this is Black Ticulate. Black Ticulate. Black Ticulate. A podcast series that gives voice to positive black action, no matter how big or small. Let's go. Hey guys, uh, welcome to another episode of Black Ticulate. You guys should already know what this is all about. And if you don't, <laughs> what do I do? Um, actually, no. So this is all about pretty much black excellence. I put out um, black stories, positive actions, and I try and get people who are just doing amazing things within our community. And in front of me, I have Linda. Hi. Hey, Linda. I can never get your surname right, can I? So. Baggy. I don't even think I'm getting it right. (laughs) (laughs) And it's Nigerian, right? I mean, but which tribe? Yoruba, is it? Igbo. Igbo. Mm -hmm. I think we had this conversation last time as well. (laughs) Igbo. Oh, God. I think I had another Igbo guy on, Julius. I know you're listening. Um, Okay, so the reason why I've got you in front of me is because you actually own your own company. Mm -hmm. You run a healthcare recruitment agency. Am I right in saying Mm -hmm. that? Um, what does that mean though? Do you mind me asking? Um, I basically um, am commissioned by healthcare organisations to help find management to executive level staff for their organisation. Does that make any sense? Um, break it down a bit more. Okay, so <laughs> if a company needs a director of HR and they've tried through their own means to recruit and they fail, then they'll usually want to hire an agency. So then they will give that requirement to me, I'll get the brief, and then I'll go out to market to find the best fit for that job. Okay, gotcha. And, but you do that for the healthcare sector? Yeah. Okay, so that's what recruitment is full stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Regardless. Now, I am very interested in how you came about well, I guess running and running your own company. So I think we've got to always start from the beginning, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, we can do that. Beginning then, what, June 2012 is when you started? It is, um, yeah. Adamine, am I saying that right? Adamine, yeah. Okay, so let's start in the beginning. Okay, so I um, originally wanted to be a singer and coming from a Nigerian family and being the eldest daughter of seven children, my mum said, you can do whatever you want after you go to university. Um, and I didn't want to go to university, so I didn't know what I wanted to study. So I said, okay, we'll, we'll do a deal. I'll go to university because I have to, and you pick my course. And she's a teacher. <laughs> um, so at the time she thought, okay, well, I'm, I know that 
IT is the boom right now and because she's creative let me put her into something IT related so she has something solid to fall back on so she put picked multimedia and computing which is all about website design ah. and it was not creative at all no. <laughs> it was all about programming and Java and Perl and macromedia ah. so it was very much um, detail orientated and um, people in my class were a little bit antisocial. They just put their headphones in, which is not me. So right. I got through it, graduated with a two one. And I was like, well, now I actually don't want to sing. So oh, okay. um, <laughs> I, I think I did a, my one year sandwich course internship in a mutual funds business. And there were lots of investment bankers and stuff. And oh, wow. they were earning 250,000 a year plus. And I thought, not, they don't really do too much work. So I can be a hungry singer yeah. and hope that I make it big, which I know was slim chances, or um, I'm not that blessed. I'm just, I keep not saying. No, I can, yeah. It's just in tune. It's not nothing okay. special. No but, Beyonce yet. No, <laughs> no, Jennifer no, 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 no. Okay. Um, and then I thought I can make lots of money so I can use my creative mind to make lots of money. And um, I wanted to get into investment banking, realized that I'd have to go and study something relevant did not want anything to do with education anymore. Okay. So I figured, what am I going to do? Came across recruitment adverts where they were um, advertising make overtime commission of between 40 and 100K a year. I was like, ooh, what's oh, this? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I fell into my first job, worked for a large corporate organization. With, within six months, became top bit of um, the public sector division. They wanted wow. me to train graduates. I thought, I am still a graduate. So let me go and get experience elsewhere, joined a boutique company, was there for two years, grew the practice, health practice from a 250,000 turnover business to 7 million, and then thought I can do this on my own. Um, and then I was approached by two partners and helped set up a startup business. Uh, and after 10 months of doing it from scratch with their support, it was train. It's almost like I was in a crash course running my own Ooh. business. So I went from a large corporate to a boutique to a startup, and then in June 2012, with no money in the bank, I thought, okay, I'm ready to set up on my own, and I did. That is insane. That's amazing. And wow. I mean, first and foremost, wow! Congratulations once again. Thanks. Now, the fact that your mother chose IT for you, mm -hmm. you didn't. Did you not know anything about that? What were you like in terms of upbringing? I'm just still trying to get, were you a mathematic, mathematical sort of person, analytical? Um, I describe myself as someone who can do absolutely anything I put my mind to. So I was creative as a child. So I liked dancing, I liked singing, I liked drama, I liked actually doing art. So drawing, doing um, paint, painting and all of that stuff but I also did I just worked really hard and I think it was maybe because I was the eldest of seven kids I always had to lead by example so I didn't my mum was teaching IT to adults at the time so she knew how big the the tech industry was and because she was a teacher she just I guess from thinking okay well IT is a, a booming market what within IT would she be able to apply her creativity to? And that's how she came up with multimedia and computing. So. That's say so She was trying to help you as well, nurture you in what she knew best as well. Yeah. Right, you've got an older brother, I know that. He's mm -hmm. a family man. Shout mm -hmm. out to, I don't know his name, what's his name? Uh, Colin. Colin, congrats. <laughs> um, you had to, you said to me you're a homebody when we spoke off the record. Yeah. And that's why 
your community and your surroundings, you were sort of, for want of a better word, you were in a bubble. Yeah. So your friends having kids early and stuff, you never ever were led in that sense? No, my brother firstly was very protective. So he pretty much wanted to shield me from everything. I grew up in an area that was pretty rough. The guys tend- Where, Where did you grow up? So I grew up on the borderline of Tottenham and Wood Green and growing up there wasn't the sort of Tottenham Wood Green divide and then all of a sudden as I was growing up that these gangs formed and um, there was that and it, the school I went to I remember being in in primary school and my um, friend's dad saying to my mom if he if she lets me go to the school which was D&K at the time St David and St Catherine that I'd, I'd amount to nothing and my mom replied it's not about the school it's about the child and I was there and until it became an academy and I was the first school prefix. So it's, I think what helped was because I had so much responsibilities at home with helping my mom with my siblings and having a brother who was overprotective. Although I had friends, I wasn't out there. So I, I, don't, I didn't really pick that. As you can tell by the way I speak, I don't use any slang. I didn't, yeah. but I love, I love everyone that is, I grew is, up is with. Is that a community dearly, thing, but... slang? Is it, is it a what? I mean, like, is that your area, the slang, your accent? Because I was speaking to, you know him, Senna. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's come out yet, but it will come out. So watch out for Senna Mortu's, um episode, guys. Mm -hmm. And we, we were having a conversation about just the way we articulate ourselves and how if we want to be perceived in a serious manner, mm -hmm. then colloquialisms like slangs and whatnot can't use that at all mm -hmm. you know depending on your audience and mm -hmm. he goes he's done it so much to the point where actually that's become him mm -hmm. and he almost has to put on for one of the better word street you know street accent mm -hmm. so you've never I'm had never you've just never had a just never <laughs> i don't know i was always comfortable being an individual, which was, I guess, strange. I never felt like I had to fit in and my friends loved me for who I was and I loved them for who they were. And it was, it, it's just, it I never really felt like, I used to get, I used to hate being called posh because I didn't feel like I was posh. So I used to always get teased that, oh, Linda's so posh. And I was thinking, what, because I don't use slang, but um, it's just because I didn't sound like them. But then I started working in the corporate world and they used to say I was ghetto because I dropped my G's and I was thinking I don't fit in anywhere. No one wants me. So um, I just, it, it, I am the way I am. And if I, if I started pretending, then I would feel like I was being fake and I'd rather feel like me and have people not accept me, even though it was difficult at times, yeah. then compromise who I was as a, an individual. Hey guys, before we get back to the episode, I just wanted to say thank you very much for listening to us. Now you can continue to support us by visiting www.lacticulate.com or you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Now let's get back to the episode. Linda, you mentioned that your mother at one point lost her job and you were like, you know, mum, at an early age, I'm going to look after you. you know? mm -hmm. So... Explain that, I guess, explain that in terms of how that has led you to add a mind, if, if that's possible. Uh, yeah, so um, with regards to my friends, I can't really, everyone makes decisions based on their circumstances. So it's not that I was any better than them or I just had a different outlook. And I guess my, by being secluded, I got enough space to create my own reality rather than 
morphing into the reality that that was so um as things have evolved and i have developed in life i have had to let go of some friends because they will say things like you've changed or the dynamic is just different because we're just not operating on the the same wavelength for whatever reason so um that has changed even though i'm i'm in touch with with some old friends growing up was really difficult so my um mum came to london with us when i was 6 years old and she was pretty much a single mother of seven kids on a teaching salary oh. um and it was uh, there were moments where we had no furniture no food no nothing and i just said to her at the age of i think at about 9 9 at the age of 9 i would go out and um look after my little sisters um friends and do hair and get a 5 pounds here and there and take it home and give it to mom and at the age of 11 i said to her don't worry mom i'm going to be rich and i'm going to take care of you and since then i've just had this pure focus to being successful and i've never really let any obstacles i've never viewed any obstacles as um barriers to allow me to achieve whatever i've wanted and uh, it's it's sort of become a, a thing now there isn't anything that anyone can say to me you can't do i kind of laugh at that and say okay well let me figure out how to do it then so i can prove to you that i can so like try me i like that so there's almost two things i want to want to mention from that like is success to your finance as a, i i feel like i have a successful mindset and what i've learned is that successful people however people define that because it's all relative never feel like they're successful so i um don't actually feel like i've achieved anything and i never feel like i achieved anything and that used to stress me out but i've gotten comfortable knowing that the reason i keep striving for more and more and more is because as soon as i reach as i'm approaching the goal that i set my goal has already moved back so i'm constantly chasing the goal that reflects sometimes that reflects financially so if i'm running my business and i did certain numbers a certain year then the next year i want to double that those numbers and mm. then the next year i want to double those numbers so financially i guess that's relevant i wouldn't say that i'm i could care less about materialistic things but um for me i feel that in the world that we live in now finances related to freedom and to do what i really want to do which is humanitarian work i'd like to have the i wouldn't want to put myself in a position where i'm doing humanitarian work and i can't eat because then what's the point so it's all about filling up myself and creating a foundation that will allow me to do the plethora of things that i want to do without any thought or hesitation or restrictions because financially something's hanging over me so yes finance plays into it but it's not the the main factor i understand and so i mean it's quite evidence that you take on challenges like straight on mm -hmm. uh, so can i ask you if, what are are there any challenges at the moment you're facing and uh, i think and how big, you overcoming them if big, at all biggest challenges is me if you want to I, i always say to anyone if you want to develop yourself start off a business because it puts you in the ultimate 
position of vulnerability where you have to look at yourself. So while I was working, I went from being super confident as a student to going into the corporate world. And for different reasons, I started doubting myself after years of working in the corporate industry. So by the time I came out by myself, I was like, no one's going to want to do any business with me because I'm a black woman and, and every other recruitment business is owned by white males and I can't do the same as them. And, but it's all stories that we make up. So then my the first year of my business wasn't really I didn't achieve anything and it got to the point where I didn't have food in my fridge I didn't have money to get to my meetings and then I had to make a choice you're either going to keep letting these excuses stop you or you're going to go out there and just test out the market and make some money and feed yourself yeah. and when that happened I realized that oh my gosh people do like there are people that don't want to work with me but I just move on to the next I have the flexibility to have the choice of who I work work with and since then it's just been an upwards journey and then I had to learn to ask for help because I was very prideful okay. and I learned that is that a Nigerian thing do you think oh it might be a Nigerian thing it might be the fact that I'm the eldest of the eldest daughter so I had to take care and I had to give a lot so I've never really been in a position to ask so it wasn't a natural um sort of attribute for me um and I had to to learn that you are not successful in this life without people. People help people. Um, so getting a mentor, asking for help, collaborating with other people, it, it, it was something else that I had to learn. So, um, yeah. Can you walk me through those steps? How do you get a mentor? Um, well, how I got a mentor, the first yeah. thing I did was think, okay, I'm running a recruitment business. The person I know who is the top of the recruitment chain in the UK is James Khan. Write James Khan an email or letter and ask him to be your mentor. Amazing. So I drafted an email, sent it off to him, and he's, um, <laughs> this is a funny story, his PA came back and said, unfortunately, due to all of his commitments, he's not available. But then later on down the line, he offered me investment for my company that I turned down. But that <laughs> just came full circle, which is funny. But, Amazing. Um, and then I thought, okay, well, he's not available. Available, so how am I going to get the next top? And then I went on version Fast Track 100, look at, looked at the top performing recruitment businesses, picked out one CEO, read up about him. He seemed in line to my values, sent him an email. He invited me for a coffee. During the meeting, he offered me investment. I said, I'm not looking for investment. And then we ended up sort of having a uh, sort of weekly, it started off weekly, then went on to monthly sort of catch ups, and he did it for free. So, Amazing. Um, yeah. Was, is that an anomaly or are people willing to? People want to help. If people have been successful, it's almost stroking their ego to say, you've done good, can you help me? So there is a little bit of a stigma about well, why they're gonna wanna help me, I'm a nobody, but oh, more often than not, people genuinely want to help. It's just, we stop ourselves because we tell ourselves stories and the stories aren't real because they haven't been acted out they're just in our heads so yeah i think there's an acronym is an f for fear 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 is false evidence appearing real false evidence appearing real okay yeah. i like that i really like that okay so you got yourself a mentor mm -hmm. and this was prior to your first year this was almost when you left the um, startup company you helped build for 10 months no this was or... probably about three four months into setting up the business so how'd you set up the business um yeah. i, I mean went... 
Is there something specific, how to set up a recruitment agency to just having to set up a business full stop or is it the same process? How to set, set up a business. So there are company formation companies out there that you pay lot 60, 70 pounds to, and they will set up your limited company, make sure that you get all of your certificates, um, register you for VAT, just do all of the basic stuff so that you're, you're actually a live company. You can do it yourself through company's house, but I didn't want the hassle, I just wanted to make sure that I, everything was done in the right way, so I paid them to do it. Um, and then I bought my domain name. What was it called? Do you mind? Do you know? Do you remember? I won't remember, but if you put um, company formation in Google, there'll be lots of companies that, that will come up with that. Um, yeah, and you then... You registered your domain, you're saying? Yeah, I registered my... So the name, where did that come from? Okay. <laughs> so, the name. There is, I was struggling because I thought, okay, I don't, I'm not normal in the market. I don't look like every other recruitment business owner. So I don't want to have a name that's like executive recruit or just something obvious. Mm. So what can I come up with that will be different? And for two weeks, that was just probably the hardest part of setting up my business. I was Coming on Facebook okay. sending out messages like, guys, you have any ideas? asking, bouncing some ideas between my family and friends and nothing was sticking. And I just thought, all right, it represents me. So my middle, my Nigerian name is Adaku. So, which means eldest daughter. Okay. Uh, well, it means daughter of wealth. Ada represents eldest daughter. So I took the Ada and then I thought, okay, well, it's my first business, so it's mine. So I put Adamine. Nice. And then when I got a website design company to do the website, they said, do you actually know what this word means? I was like, I didn't know it was a word. It's a word. What does it mean? And um, they said it represents naked human. And I thought, oh my gosh, I can use it. It's meant to be. <laughs> so now when people ask me, what does the word mean? I say um, it represents naked humans and a, a naked human from Adam and Eve. And I deal with people and we offer a transparent service. So it, it represents the, the nakedness of the service that we're offering the, the people that we're dealing with. So um, have I just got an exclusive? <laughs> <laughs> you have, you have. You've got the true full story. I just tell people the, the yeah. last bit now. So. You heard it. You heard it here first. Oh, brilliant. Hey guys, before we get back to the episode, I just wanted to say thank you very much for listening to us. Now you can continue to support us by visiting www.lacticulate.com or you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Now let's get back to the episode. Okay, so is there any, I mean, any more advice in terms of from a recruitment, healthcare recruitment or just recruitment um, perspective? Like, because... I know myself personally, I've never really dealt well with recruiters. Okay. Um, Why I, is that? Just because I think they see me as um, a cash. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Machine, mm-hmm. and if you're not hitting those certain keywords from you know, the third aid, the third party, all the companies that are looking for certain people, you're not getting called. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter how, for me personally, and I like to think I'm actually quite good at building relationships. Mm-hmm. So it seems odd. It seems like odd that I've never been really, recruiters have never really done me any favors. I've never got a job from a recruiter. Yeah. <laughs> so how do I, yes, this is me personally, and anyone who's listening, how do they get on side with a recruiter that is going to help them out? What, what should I look for in a good recruiter, I guess? Okay, so there's a few questions in there. Um, (laughs) It's difficult. So one thing that helps me as a startup business or a small SME is that the majority of the market is that experience. Mm. So I differentiate myself by building relationships. So I can't tell you how to not make recruiters like that because a lot of the market is very transactional. And to help you understand why, the recruitment businesses that employ these recruiters tend to be focused on the money. So they put pressure on recruiters to make money. So unless the recruiter can see you as a pound sign, there's no incentive for them to invest time because they need to focus on the areas that are going to make them money. And that's what, but I think what, a lot of recruiters may, if any recruiters are listening, um, what they may miss out on is the um, the power of building, investing times in relationships. So in my first role, I was told that it would take me two years to bill anything near what the top biller was billing. And within six months, I overtook his billings. And I rebelled against what they were telling me to do in terms of getting on and making cold calls. I literally just called up people, expressed interest in what they were doing, tried to understand exactly what they were looking for. And likewise, I did that with a client. So that because they experienced a different sort of service, they ended up being my advocates and going out to the market and referring me um referring business to me what i would advise in terms of which it it may become an annoyance for some recruiters if you are really interested in a role that you've applied for follow it up with a phone call and try to speak to the recruiter and sell yourself against the point that they've listed out um in the advert and um use that opportunity to draw out more information um for them against uh, about the role and if they do agree after speaking with you that um, they want to put you forward for the role write a covering letter on top of your CV that highlights all of the points that their clients are looking for so that the client themselves when they receive because they're going to receive your CV in, in a pile of I don't know however many other CVs so you need to try and find a way of standing out and if you have a covering letter that is basically saying I'm perfect for your job because I've hit these points that I know that you're looking for then that increases your chances of being shortlisted with um, just in terms of registering with recruiters if you can try and 
meet offer them a meeting so that you can get in front of them because then when you're in front of them you can build up that rapport and you can build up that relationship and then they'll remember you and because they like you you'll be the first thought because just from it people are very simple Mm. and if you can get in front of them then they're not going to forget you if you're a a cv or someone over the phone then you're just you're not real um so so get in front of them where you can and and try and get as much information as you can okay are there any uh wow that was far <laughs> you clearly do this for a living yeah. <laughs> no brilliant um uh you must have a lot of don't do's like faux pas yeah so no one to give up some okay. candidates will call and call and call and call it's it's sort of if you're if a recruiter has made up his mind or her mind and they're not going to put you forward they're not going to put you forward no matter how many times you call if anything they'll blacklist you because you've annoyed them and they'll never put you forward um and i would say if you get frustrated try to keep your cool because if you snap on a recruiter and tell them how bad they are at their job they they have a lot of power in terms of being the middleman between you and the client and other clients that they might pick so you do want to keep them on your good side without letting them obviously take advantage of you or disrespect you in any way um that it's it's just about knowing when enough's enough don't let them push you over the edge with, to the point where you lose your call um yeah i would just yeah i would keep your and never put your eggs in one basket always have options because it puts you in a strong position of um, negotiation if I'm representing you and I know that you have a few other roles that you're being considered for I can um, go back to the client and negotiate a better rate for you or figure out what your your motivators are and um, use that to sort of make sure that I get the best best deal for you so don't take back your power by putting yourself in a position of strength okay um but you also feel like the best way someone can learn about who they are is also by being vulnerable and i believe i don't know if you don't mind me saying this i mean i could easily edit this out on record if you want but we spoke last time about you just being confident and you don't you don't believe you are Mm -hmm. in fact you even mentioned that you suffered a bout of depression Mm -hmm. at one point can you can you tell us what if you don't mind, I mean, tell you about it and like how you overcame it and the other side, because the other side is fantastic. I mean, you're sitting right in front of me, <laughs> killing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I'm killing it. But again, um, I'll accept that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning to accept. Yeah, things. please, you must. Um, so, yeah, depression. Depression is an interesting thing. So I because I'm out of it, I can see it as a gift. Sometimes we are so set in our ways and we believe that's the way we are. And we are not, we are products of our circumstances. Every single one of us were born as a blank canvas and we only knew how to eat, excrete. (laughs) You can swear. (laughs) I think I've got an explicit. (laughs) We knew how to eat shit and sleep. Right. And that's it. So we learn how to be fearful. We learn how to be angry. We learn how to be sad. We learn when it was it, we were, we were experiencing happiness. 
due to people around us. So we create, the, our circumstances create traumas or good memories within us and it forms who we end up being as adults. And we get attached to those characteristics and those ways of being. So with me, I, because by playing the role I played in my family, I felt like I had to be everything to everyone so i was looking even when i moved out of the house i was taking care of my mom's bills her food my bills my food i was working 17 hours a day because i felt like i had to in order to make enough commission in order to manage both households and so i put an immense amount of pressure on myself but i didn't believe that there was any other alternative because i had to do that because i was programmed to believe that i was i chose at 11 years old to step into that role mm. and i felt like there was no other if i if i left my whole family would crumble down and i couldn't have that and that was the lie i was telling myself or the story i was telling myself because i'd i'd never stepped away to see if they could so um i've been depressed twice and it was very closely related and i think that depression is when your old habits are no longer working for you so you keep doing them and your body is trying to say to you it's not working anymore and then you ignore it and then it pushes you into a corner and breaks you down and sometimes you need to be broken down to rebuild yourself in a new way right. so by breaking down i had to say okay why have i broken down i am drained i am tired i'm exhausted i can't deal with all the pressure i'm sad all the time i'm aggressive sometimes because i just i'm resentful that everyone needs me and no one gives anything to me mm. so then i had to start saying well they only know how to be with me because i've taught them so i need to teach them a different way and i need to start investing in me and i need to start doing things for myself okay so without depression i would have carried on being everything and everything i'm still there for people but i know when to say no and i know when i'm given from a place of surplus rather than a place of scarcity so i don't drain myself anymore which gives me more energy to run my business and do everything else from and be happy and experience life and be it. so depression it got to the point where i was actually so i work in extremes depression is a horrible horrible thing and um the only way i've described it to one of my employees the other day and it's it's like if you see a bright orange fruit and it looks really juicy and it's really colorful and vibrant and then all of a sudden an ant army spots it and they want to take it over and they all crawl over to the orange and they start covering it all up and all you see is black creepy crawlies over the orange you don't see the orange anymore that orange is still under there but all you can see is black things like me it's not pretty so depression is something that kind of creeps over you and it hides the real you and you lose control you can't the orange can't move so it can't it can't dust it off and you you don't want to do anything you don't want to get up you feel like I could not, as the, the sort of person I am, I like to get up and go. Having experiencing depression and not being able to do something and fighting through wanting to and crying all the time and thinking, well, I don't know what I'm crying of. I, it forced me to say, okay, well, what do I need to do to get over this so that I can be me? And I only slipped in and out of it within three months, which a psychiatrist told me was re a really short period of time to get. I, I fell into it, got my okay, lesson. Okay, so you went, to, you went to see a psychiatrist? No, my CEO, my CEO in the boutique company, um, he um, 
diagnosed me as depressed because I was coming into work and I was crying all the time and he took me for coffee and asked me why I was crying and then I just went off and started screaming and said, I don't know why you cry <laughs> and he was sort of like I think you've got depression I was like no what happened I'm not weak and he yeah. was like it's not a weakness it's like a broken leg it needs time to heal so he gave me time off he gave me two months off paid which I really am grateful for and um I didn't see a psychiatrist. I went to a cognitive, he paid for me to go to a cognitive behavioral therapist, which helped in the, the first bout kind of, but not really. And then when I was coming back to work, he referred me to a workplace psychiatrist to make sure that I was okay to come back. And that's when I had the conversation. So I didn't seek the psychiatrist. Um, it was part of the, the it was work good process. That, it was good that you had someone who could actually spot it. Very. Do you know what I mean? So it's, again, alludes back to your points about your circles of, you know, people who can, well, you need people around you to support and help you. Mm -hmm. But then you've also said something about, and I don't know, I might be misquoting you here, but you were talking about like when it boils down to it, regardless of your friends and family, the only person that can invest in, in you is you. You, the <laughs> fuck falls with you in every... Let me get get, get Afri every ramification uh -huh. of life. <laughs> the fuck falls with you. There yeah. is no you can make excuses, but you have a choice. And how powerful is that to know that if you're not happy with someone, you something, someone, anything, you can change it. It's just a simple choice. It's just as human, we overcomplicate. Oh, but I can't because, and I can't because you can make all of the excuses. Of, but if you strip them back to the bare bones, the buck falls with you. And you can make a change and you can make a difference. So from being in my room, sitting on my laptop, no food in the house, to having an office in Tottenham Court, those were a series of choices that led to, I have had enough of being in this situation. Okay, I'm gonna do something about it. Okay, I'm gonna do something about it. It had nothing to do with anyone else. Oh, the market's bad. And there's no such thing as a bad market. Figure out a way around it. There's always solutions. And, the, and being in business is learning how to get good at solving problems. And if you solve a series of problems, you become a problem solver so you can always get out situations. So we we're in a, a situation right now where we've lost a really big contract that was the reason why I hired all the staff that I've got. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And it's like, it's the most calm office considering because it's like, it happened for a reason. Now let's look at the reason it did happen. Okay, now we get to look at other markets that we haven't been able to pay attention to. Okay, well, it's allowed us to look at the internal processes. There's so many benefits that come from so-called bad situations. Mm. It just depends on how you assign meaning to what happens and what the actions you take after they, they happen. So. I almost I need to end it like that because we're definitely off we're going past the mark which has been phenomenal so I want to actually just say and ask you what's next like professionally and if you wanted to talk about personally what's next for you because we're talking about humanitarianism I know that you we we've spoken again sorry guys I keep on referring back to off record but Linda is a friend now um <laughs> she's a well, I want to say a dear friend but hopefully <laughs> <laughs> of course. and um you're talking about potentially going to Nigeria and actually setting up a school yes for education so I didn't go back well I came back here when I was six years old didn't go back to Nigeria for 19 years so five years ago started going going back or just under five years ago um, and I, it struck me the difference between, there, there's no middle class, you're just rich or you're poor. And um, I sort of felt like if 
things had gone wrong for me and oh no, it's not wrong again it's just the meaning you assigned to it if I had had different circumstances I could have been a, in a situation where I didn't have access to education I didn't have access to making something that will that gives me the freedom and the luxuries that I have today so I feel like it's my duty as a Nigerian who has come to the UK and has created these opportunities to go back and give back and the thing that the main thing education is such a big deal in Nigeria mm. and the thing that separates the rich from the poor tends to be education and I have free education but education is not free there so I thought well if I want to make change in a big way it's more around empowering people to make change for themselves because the buck starts with you so how can I facilitate that sort of change? And I thought, well, the way I can do that is to try and start a movement of building schools that offer free education and only offer it to people that can demonstrate that they can't afford to get education in other, uh, via other means. And the business has, it, I, it's not something I'm rushing into. I wanna make sure that if I do, I do it right. So the business has put me in a really good position to meet a whole network of people who have the same sort of motivators um, and the same passion to do this, a similar sort of thing. So I've spoken to private equity companies who have said that um, there are private equity funds that invest into local communities that have fresh. So for example, if there's a village that produces copper, they could put together a, a, a manufacturing factory, give the local community jobs, and and invest some of that profit back into Amazing. the local so there's ways to do it that i didn't even know i thought i just needed to become a millionaire and then go and build schools but yeah. there are ways around it and i'm just using this so i go back so this year i've gone i'm going to nigeria on friday and i would have been three times this year so every time i go back i try to absorb as much information as possible i use like get my dad to take me to as many places as possible just to continually gather information so that when I am ready to press the button I've got all of the people because it takes a village and then we can just move forward with it yeah, yeah. okay so how can we get in touch with you because I'd love I mean I know I'm definitely going to keep on getting in touch with you yeah. but um your website your social media handles um really... not you personally obviously the company um, I'm crap on social media, really bad. Are so, you handling it yourself? No, uh, I kind of. Handles it? I've got like an an ad, admin company that sort of posts on my LinkedIn once in a while and posts on my Twitter, but I, my Twitter following is low. She she's not. It's not like a full time dedicated re resource to make, making sure that it's. And I think it's because I haven't had to. I work on relationships, so um, it's not that it comes by recommendation and referral rather than um, sort of online traffic but I my website is www.adamine.co.uk and contact details are on the contact us page um we're spelling adamine a-d-a-m-i-n-e yep um in terms of me personally you tend to tag our um instagram link onto our pictures so they'll have that. it's love and light 86 um, so yeah, and yeah, on Facebook, she's Linda Mbagu. I'd like to personally thank my sound editor, Chris Reese, and most of all, I'd like to thank you guys for listening. For more information on how you can get involved, please visit www.blackticulate.com and also follow Blackticulate on Instagram, 
Facebook and Twitter social media. Stay tuned for another episode of Black Articulate, Black Stories, Positive Actions. I'm trying to do like a new age recruitment firm where everyone is responsible for their own targets. So we figure out what they want to achieve and we build their targets around achieving that. If they're hitting their targets, they can do whatever they want with their time. They want to take a month off, two months off, go traveling for six. As long as you're online with your targets, do what you please with your time. Come in late, work from home, I don't care. So it's it's like a, a grown up sort of environment where people are responsible for themselves rather than having to be micromanaged because I don't want to micromanage anyone. Um, and in line with that too, I thought I need to, I want to give back. So the way that the organization is run, it's not just a case of let's look at what you're doing professionally. We look at how are you getting in the way of your personal success? Um, so a lot of the personal development is around um, looking at behaviors and attributes that you have personally that you can that you might be bringing into work and how that might be restricting you in terms of achieving what you need to achieve. So it's it's a challenging environment that it, in that it puts the mirror in front of you. So we've had feedback that it's quite difficult to sort of deal with the directness and and um, the the nature of the feedback that's given. But if I want people to be able to grow within themselves in order to grow within the company, because it starts with you first. Um, in line with that, I know the environment I grew up in and came from, and I sort of, in line with giving back, if I can't do the whole Nigerian thing for a while, this isn't worthwhile if I'm not able to pass back what I'm doing in some sort of way. And I, um, when we get to the stage where we can, uh, right now it's just way too busy, but when we can invest time into nurturing um, up and coming talent, we want to go back to the communities similar to the ones that I've grown up in to offer youngsters um, internships so that they can see that there is someone else has grown up in the same area they've grown up in and this is what they're doing and this is the opportunity and this is what it's like to work in a corporate environment so that they can maybe broaden their horizons and all that dreaming I was doing as a kid becomes their sort of dreams and in, in their own way and then they can actually know that they can action it and make it a reality. And this is something Black Tickle is hoping to achieve in itself. That's um, why I'm on this journey yeah. with you. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.